What's poppin'? Welcome back to season three, episode 111, A Dancer's Dream. I'm super excited that you're here and you're clicking play. If you love this episode, share, share, share with your friends. But before we get poppin', remember that I care about you. Let's jump into this episode, okay? show we have a guest in the building super excited you guys are gonna love her but i'm gonna let her introduce herself because lord knows i don't want to butcher nobody's name on the show welcome hey i'm like what is it my name my name is Premi Galio, and I am your local dancer and psychic located here in toronto what a mix I'm super excited to have you on. I actually saw an IG video of her dancing and it looked like she was like in the air floating. It was like the most beautiful thing ever. Um, I'm going to tag it on stories. I got to find this video. Go look up through your page and be a stalker. But (laughs) how let, let, let's just like right off the bat. How do you feel being a creative? Like, how do you feel just being able to dance on stage after such a long time? Like pandemic and whatnot. (sighs) Like after like that, I think the one that you're speaking about particularly, it was I forgot what it was like to be on stage because I had to go. Everyone was going digital during the pandemic, so everyone was kind of like, "Let's do like digital content," and I was like, "I don't really want to." Like I I've never felt the need to chase views or content or any of that. I just like to create because that's just who I am, and um, being on stage is. I don't know if it's my calling, but it's the place where I get to just be me. It's my extension. It's a very, it's a very profound and deep feeling where I don't see anything. I don't see anybody. I'm not even aware of my own body, which means I have to be on top of my choreo. But I, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. Everything goes blank. Is it like an out of, because when I'm on stage, I always feel like I have to watch myself again to see what I said. Because most of the time I'm not yes. even coherent. Like I'm not even there. Yes. Yes. I do feel like that, that sense of like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> like, what what just happened? So I do like go back and watch my videos and yeah, I, I try not to scrutinize it. Cause I'm like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. I was somewhere in space. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm literally like in space. That's all I see, like stars and planets and that's where I am. And then the music stops and people clap and you're like, oh okay, I don't know where I was, but I'm back now. Doesn't that sound super surreal? Like I wish people would, I wish everybody can experience that at one point, whether it's through the arts or whether it's, you know, sports or writing or, you know, anything like that, just going into a different time warp. Yeah. Do you experience uh, experience it as well? I do. I do. When I'm on stage, I don't know who that girl is. I call her. Yeah, I don't know. Who is she? I called her Little Hannah for the longest time, but I don't think it's very little anymore. That's true. Like, if I were to think of myself while I was in that, like, seeing the cosmos thing, I do see myself as, like, I guess a a child almost. Like, I see it's a child in space. She's floating in space. Mm -hmm. I come back to my adult body and I'm like, where was I? Hey, guys. It's me. It's me again. I'm back. (laughs) 
No, as okay. So as a child, were you how okay? How long have you been dancing? Let's let's take it back there. Has it been like your whole life? My whole life, and um, the joke is that it was even longer than that because my mom was a dancer. Um, her entire like literally right up until her death, she was dancing still, um, and she died at the age of seventy two, seventy one, seventy two, and um, she was pregnant with me and on stage. And the moment she came, she gave birth. She went on stage again with me in her arms. Like she was doing all the, like these lectures and stuff. And she would bring me onto the stage and like, she would dance with me in her arms. And we have like photos of it. It's just, I, I've been doing it, I guess, since in vitro. Since the beginning of time, since, since before inception. Yeah. And then like, I think even you said this, Hannah, when we were speaking earlier, it's like when she passed, it felt like, I was carrying some of her energy and probably in the same way she was carrying me. I find that the daughter mom bond is something that is, it's unexplainable. Like if, if you're blessed enough to have, I know some of my listeners may not have a special bond with their mother. Um, could be an aunt, could be a sister, could be yourself, but it's just such a bond that, that I find that you carry through life. And then that kind of goes with you to the next generation, whether it's in this physical world or if it's in another world, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, I can't say that my mom and I had the greatest relationship. I think anyone who knew us knew that, but like when it came to like our spirituality together, that was very, um, warm. It was always warm. It always came from a place of like love. Mm. And it just like, it was a, it's a wonderful thing that it was able to mix with dance. It, that almost seems like an ancestral, right? That, it, that it just happened that way. Most definitely, because dance is something I always find that that it's so expressive to the individual. Like you're able to dance and show how you're feeling. Um, if you're feeling happy, if you're feeling sad, because I can always tell by like the eyes when somebody's performing. If they have sad, they could be smiling, but if their eyes look sad, I can always tell. Um, then I get like this deep emotion. Like, I'm some emotional mess. Ninety nine percent of the time, everybody listens knows that. But <laughs> God, I do cry on the show, yo. Oh my god, good because like I'm already like ah, thinking of people, thinking about moms, make them cry. <laughs> That's all I do is cry. That's all I do is cry. I'm like, oh my god, you touched yes. the nerve on me. Don't yeah. worry, we'll be crybabies together because <laughs> I am. Can I am a big crybaby. Yeah, after like after her passing, which was really recently, like that, I've just been a crybaby over anything. Like hugging my cat, I treat like my one of my kittens as like my daughter. I'm like, she's my daughter, and like just spending time with her, I'm like. Ah. I'll never let you go. I have your back. <laughs> You're like, I want you for what is with the animals? Tonight? I'm just like <laughs> trying not to cry, but I can't help but cry over her. I find that animals are so I yo, I swear to God, there's nobody I like more than my dog. Like <laughs> when I list the top three people that I like, my dog is one of them. Yes, I would have to say both of my cats are like probably my top my top <laughs> Yeah, they would be my top three for sure. Um <laughs> they're just so like one of them is always with me when I'm doing readings for people. And like, so they always know that like, you know, oh, is that your cat? Oh, he's a black cat. I'm like, yeah, trust me. He's a witch. Um, <laughs> the other one is just so sweet. And she just, she still hasn't figured out how to meow. So she just meet meeps and that's all I need from her. I don't need her to be any, that's like, that's kind of like if I had a daughter, like that's what I, I don't want her to be anything. She doesn't have to be anything. She just needs to be her and I'm happy and I hope she's happy. I felt that. Oh, here we go. I got that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I do. It's so important to to 
be your individual self. But I find that so much people, like I talk to different women from all over the world and there's always that thing that holds them back from being like their weird quirky selves, which we all are, right? Yes. And it's funny that you say that because that was also my mom that helped me back from doing <laughs> from doing that. And when she passed, it was like, no one was holding me accountable anymore. So I could, I could express myself even more mm. and even louder and not be worried about like her fears because she'd always say like, oh, like when I Google you as you kissing gal from this TV show you did and ding, ding, and everybody think you, you're the gay person. And I'm like, and <laughs> okay, that's nice. I don't care. But I knew it affected <laughs> her. And now with her gone, it's like, wow, I have this freedom to not worry about that anymore. Yeah, you could just be, it's okay. I, the ta- So I got two tattoos at the age of 31. <laughs> <laughs> okay, grown ass woman. And I, my my mom wanted to beat me. Oh, okay. You cannot be independent woman. Wait a second. Come back here. She's like, I want to take the iron and put it on your tattoo so they slide off of you. I can't believe you did. I said, Mom, this is like an expression of art. What are you? Are you a newspaper? I'm like, I'm like, I quote an old newspaper. I'm like, I can't even be today's newspaper. I got to be the oh, old right? one. <laughs> the one where people have to pay to look at me. <laughs> Please, anybody pay to look at me at this point in my life. I'll take it as an honor. Shout out to Toronto Star. I do be paying a dollar just to look at that one page. Please, I want to go beyond there. How do I get to be a sunshine girl? Is that what the name was? Sunshine girl? No, oh, sunshine girls. Yes. You think they'll want somebody juicy like me on their cover though? Yes. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> they want everybody now. No excuses. <laughs> or else we call them out. I do enjoy a good call out. <laughs> Listen, we need to start emailing them. Let's find their names. <laughs> Can we just start calling them Sunshine Galdem and just <laughs> post it around Scarborough? I bet you it would get calls. What is up with... I think it would do so well. I think it would do so well, actually. It would <laughs> Watch be like- it. Watch to somebody listen and take this idea and fly. You got to give us creds. Yes, Thanks. please give us credit. Hello. When did you? When did you realize that being different was okay? Because it took me till about I was 29 to realize that I was different and that was okay. It was, um, it's still a journey. I'm still like trying to accept parts of myself that I know will not be normal like other people because um, I was in special ed as a kid. So I already knew that something was different about me, but I was never made to question it. Like it was just, it was okay. Mm. Um and I think I lived such a different life because my mom was this Caribbean woman and she was a dancer and she wasn't like a doctor or she wasn't like a teacher. She was a dance teacher and she was a performer. And, you know, she made us perform at weddings and my dad was supportive. He was also a Caribbean man who was supportive of this artist. So I already knew that I came from a different family um, with different beliefs and I never, no one made me question it. No one was like, isn't that weird? But as I got older, you know, when you're like, I guess, middle school age, that's when, you know, kids bully you and you become hyper aware of like everything that's quote unquote wrong with you only to get older and know that (laughs) there was nothing ever wrong. And that can be, you know, a journey of grieving for that almost, almost for that child. And I wish I could tell you that like you were okay, but now me older, me today, I'm like, I like being quirky. I like being myself. I like nurturing myself and honoring that about myself. Um, 
but I didn't have the space and capacity to do that before because I was trying to be, honestly, I was trying to be perfect for everyone, you know, perfect for the industry that I was in because my skin color was an issue or my culture was an issue because no one understood why, like, why is this Indian passing girl speaking Creolese? Like, that doesn't make sense. There was no box I could fit. And so I was trying to be perfect at everything. And then there comes a, a breaking point where you burn out and nothing is working for you. And you just like, I have to come back to self. I have to come back to self and, and be okay with the quirk. That was a mic drop. That was a total mic drop. I don't know what to say now. I don't the show done. Like that was a mic drop, man, because it takes so long for you to do that circle and come back, right? Because you want to fit in with the Joneses. You want to be able to do this and that. And then you realize that you're, you're, I'm always a firm believer of if you miss steps, God in the universe and whoever else is going to put you right back. Yes. Yes. And you and I are Saturn rolled. So we don't miss steps. We go through A, B, C, D, E, step two, A, B, C, D, D, E, F, G, H. Yeah. And then the appendix. And then we got to make sure that they cross reference page 98 references on page 48. Everything longer. Oh, Lord. But it was, it really was a journey. And like, we just need, I think like a lot of like Caribbean women in Toronto need to just credit themselves because it is true. And I think you and I had this conversation earlier, like you do work twice as hard for half as much. And it sucks that, you know, we constantly get gla- gaslit and say, no, 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 that's not true. But it, it's true. It is true. And that is hard to deal with. And you know, I'm still grieving over things. I was telling you like an hour before this, I was crying over something. So <laughs> I know work. You know what? I keep saying I want to design tissues for colored girls, but nobody listens to me because I find that these tissue boxes, they're, they don't attract me. I they don't. I, oh, I thought what I thought you meant was like, so you want like skin color? Like, I'm sorry, I was really confused by that. Oh my like, god, that might be even better at this point. Because then why am I crying into a white tissue? Oh my god, literal spectrum white tears. You do right. It's it's hard. It's hard to to accept that you're you look left and somebody who's been doing something for a freaking five minutes is is a superstar, and you're like, hello, hello. I've been working my whole life since I was in in womb. Hello. <laughs> Can I get some credit? Would like some love, please. Just a, just a crumb of love. Just one little crumb. But then I also learned that what I've, what I've accomplished in my life is a lot more than people do in their entire lifetime. And I won't settle for crumbs. And apparently that makes you a difficult person to work with. Okay, can we talk about this for a second? You touched a nerve. This Why is it that... With yo, this irritates me. Why is it that when you know what you want, you're labeled as difficult? Like, why is it that you can't work with somebody that challenges you? To well, because people's people, I think like quote unquote Western culture like has their expectation and their bar on the ground. And for the rest of us growing up, and I'm not going to speak for all of us, but like for a lot of BIPOC kids, especially queer BIPOC kids. I see you, queer trans five pockets. I see you, spirit. I see you. You work so hard. Everyone is pushing you. Your whole community is pushing you to to excel, do well in school. If you oh you want to be a dancer, okay, well you better be the the best dancer. So of course you're exposed to all these like great great people, like legends and you know all of the stuff. But then you go back to this humdrum industry, and it's like oh it doesn't matter. Oh, your mom's your mom's a, a quote unquote legend. Well, I don't know her, so she doesn't apply. 
Like my mom was the first South American woman to bring Nagara and Odyssey dance to North America. Like that's a huge feat for a nobody from a quote unquote nobody country. And she's done all this stuff. And it's like, give her credit. Mm. I'm going to ask for that credit. I'm going to tell you she deserves that credit. And because you don't know what that is, I'm sorry you haven't cracked a book or did a Google search. That's kind of on you. It's not Mm. really on her. It's not on me. And so I feel like the bar is on the ground. And when you come in with all these larger than life expectations, it's, it's too much for people. It can be really overwhelming and scary. And that's a chance. But those people that take that chance, those are the people that like do amazing, amazing things. So I would say, always take the bigger chance, always go far, go as far as you can. Like think outside of the box. If everyone's doing the same freaking movie or the same freaking song, the same style, you're not going to evolve. You're not going to grow, challenge yourself, try it, mess up. I think that's also the other thing. We're afraid of messing up, right? Oh, not over here. Okay. I launched Imperfect. I told you I started producing and there's like this, there's this 30 second silence after my intro on episode 110 that I don't know how to take out. And it was bothering the bejesus out of me. And I, I'm like, whatever, I'm dropping this. I'm dropping it. I don't care. It's, it's going up. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot phantom spending another hour trying to figure this out because people are waiting for the episode. And I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh, but that same tense, like that same couple seconds, I hear it on another podcast that's produced by an actual, like somebody who knows what they're doing. I'm like, oh. Just make the mistake. Just make it. Just let it, I'd be okay with it. That's like something I'm also still learning that like, if X white woman can make the mistake, I am totally entitled to make the, the mistake. I, I am allowed to make the mistake. But I understand that when someone that looks like me makes a mistake, it, it, like we amplify it and make it 10 times louder. And we step on them and we trample them. I understand that. I get it. But I don't want to hate myself anymore. You know, let me make the mistake. Who's going to come kill me for this mistake? Nimara? At this point, I don't know. The the pausing police are going to come in. <laughs> the pausing police are like, hey, I saw that. I heard it. Heard it. I heard the 10 second pause. Go to jail. Do not pass go. But you're right. But we, we scrutinize ourselves with it, though. We do. We do. We'll sit there and we're like, I can't. I can't put this up, you know? So I, I try to be as much as I can, imperfect and transparent. So then others don't feel as bad. But, you know, I, I didn't even know about Photoshopping and all of this. Like, it was so new to me when I'm like, so she doesn't have those curves. How? Oh, yeah. I had to learn that too. I was like, wait, what? My friend had to tell me how normalized it was. And I was like, and I'm out here really not being nice to myself. Okay, cool. Thank you for this knowledge. Like, thank you like, for letting me know. Thank you for this knowledge. I needed it. I needed to know that. Well, that's just it, right? They don't tell us this thing. And then I always think that we don't have, like, I have a couple of friends that are right now, they're they're studying for, they're, they're done for their GMAT. They're applying for MBA schools, right? And they're in rooms with kids right now. So these are women of color. They're in rooms with kids that have had tutors their whole lives. Bred for, they're bred for MBA school. You know, they just finished college. They're just going to this, right? So, you know, some of them may have not been successful the first time with the exam and they're beating themselves up to it. And I'm like, well, no, because the other kids in that room, they knew they were going to go get their master's when they were five. Like their parents are like, oh, I want Timmy to go get his master's. Us, it's like, oh my God, you finished high school and you didn't get knocked up. Whoop. 
party. <laughs> this is an accomplishment of my mom. She's like, she finished high school. She didn't cause me any any trouble. This is great. <laughs> right. But it is kind of like scary to like step out of the line or step out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Especially during those times. Because I remember like if I was going to get in trouble for something, oh my God, it felt like the whole world was coming down on me. And now that I'm older, I'm like, wait, I was actually a good kid. Stupid things happened to me. I understand that. But I was I was a pretty good kid. I feel you. Like getting a C is not that bad. No, no. And like, I just need to go back and like give my younger self a hug and be like, it's okay. You're not going to die. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you, you were made to feel like you were going to die. Because it wasn't just like, you know, your parents are going to kill you. It was like the kids around you were all like having panic attacks too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I get, I'm training myself to also have a panic attack. Okay. All right. This is the culture. I didn't know what a panic attack was until I literally had to stick my high school's best friend's head out the window because she couldn't breathe in her apartment. This was the first time I ever saw like a panic attack because my mom was so like cool and collected most of the time that I had never seen one of those. And like to see her just like completely freak out and not be able to breathe and almost barf, you know, and like her mom's like, stick her head in it. And it was just like, okay, I got it. What do I do? So it's just one of those things, right? But then the other kids, like having a panic attack would have probably led them to go speak to the professional and all. And all of us, all we got was freaking guava juice and crackers. And I remember like my mom was so sure. Like I, my, the first time I had a panic attack, I came home from work and I had a panic attack and I had it on the stairs. And my dad and my mom, they were insistent that like it was like something wrong with my lungs wasn't a pantac something is wrong with my lungs um i do have an issue with my lungs but they also did not want to acknowledge that there's something about like not having a perfect child like literally like body's not perfect but i was having panic attacks and i didn't know and i remember my mom took me to the doctor and she wouldn't leave the room and at this point i was 18 she was like nope i still have to be in the room with you and um the doctor was like oh, you should actually go see a psychiatrist. She walked out of the room. My mom looked at me. I looked at her and we just burst out laughing. We are like, I'm not crazy. Please. Like, anxiety. Are you mean like my auntie? No, 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 buddy. I ain't gonna. But uh, I did. <laughs> I did. And I had to go to, um, to a psychiatrist on my own where she couldn't dictate how I received care. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the norm for a lot of women of color and kids of color. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Most definitely, you have to speak to somebody. You have to speak. I had to speak to a professional after my divorce because I was all all sorts of like my priorities were wrong. You know, I didn't. I like I spent ten years putting my worth to what a male said, and that's not well. At least to me, that's not the way I should be. Like I should continue with life. I should be able to set my own self worth. I should be able to feel pretty on my own. I should. You know, and it was a whole thing. I was very, 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 very thankful for her. Um, she helped me out a lot. And every single time at the end of the session, she'd always be like, girl power. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah, she was sweet. She's sweet. There, I mean, there's one thing I, I definitely have to say. It's finding a doctor of color will save your life, honestly. Honestly, because Word. I have, I think my psychiatrist, my first psychiatrist was uh, a person of color but he was also very old and old-fashioned and very slutching me mm. was terrible um but the second psychiatrist i went to was this nice nigerian man and he took such good care of me 
such good care of me. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like my, I switched over to a, a Somalian doctor here in Ajax. And oh my God, I have never had so much care in my life. And like, I wasn't being gaslit. I wasn't being told it's in my head. It was like, everything was a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. And everything was like, oh yeah, this might show up different in you. Don't let these doctors, like this other so-and-so doctor tell you this. It might show up different in you. Let's get it checked out. I'm like, oh my God. And it helps sort out so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My body and soul, man. My body and soul. It's it's a game changer. And I wish more people, well, now we're talking about it, but I wish more, this would come up more in, in conversation because for me to actually end up going to see a therapist was like huge for me. Huge. Um, first for me to like, because I'm I'm strong headed, right? So oldest granddaughter, only daughter, you know. People come to me for help, so for me to turn around and be like, "Yo, I am not well right now. This is not right." For me to actually do that, that that was like steps. Took time. It took time. Um, best decision ever. Best money spent ever. I'll do it all over again if I have to, um, which I probably will. This life I live, but um. It's important. I find that's important that you find somebody to talk to that doesn't know you. Yes, there is that. Yeah. But also like someone that can get the nuances is also important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to sit and explain to like someone who doesn't get my culture in any capacity what it's like to be in my culture. Like they were talking like there's a lot of like, um, I remember like a Sirius XM still a thing. I don't even know if it is, but like it on is. like Sirius XM, there was like an Oprah radio station and there was like a psychologist on there that would come on. Maybe it wasn't Oprah. Maybe it was a different thing. Uh, maybe it was just a straight up channel. And um, the way <laughs> the way she'd be like, just, just leave your parents, just leave your parents. I'm like, it's not that easy mm-hmm. as, a, as a person of color, as a kid of color to live to just leave your parents because you do love them and they do love you it's just expressed differently mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it, the importance of understanding those nuances and not having to explain it and not having to sit in a chair and defend yourself is really important it speaks volume and who's trying how can you leave your parents please somebody tell me <laughs> you can't you can't you can't you're i i find that just people of color and then you add immigrants on top of that in a different country just just the journey itself exactly is just we could talk hours on that you and i even like oh my god trust me i I mean there is like a component of like if you are able to get out of your parents house what did you have to do to to get there and was it something that you would ever let yourself go through ever again like i said I was going to go live with my cousin and I did for a little bit, but then she was saying, Hey, I'm having issues at home. I need you to go back to your parents. And between the two of them, I was like, yeah, I'm at my parents' house. Yeah. I'm at my cousin's house. I was sleeping in my brother's Genesis, like in a Walmart mm. parking lot in Vaughn. Mm. Just not want- to be. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to burden. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. I didn't want to burden, burden my cousin. And I didn't want to burden my, well, I didn't want to deal with like, the pressures of my parents and the things that they were putting me through at the time. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm, guess I'm, I'm technically home. I'm mm-hmm. Get through it. I feel like you've lived a solid 15 lives by now. Oh my God. That's what my students tell me all the time. They're like, you lived a life. I'm like, I, will, I hope you'll listen to me so you don't have to go through the things that I've got through. But like, they like it because they're like, how do I outsmart the situation? I'm like, I don't want you to outsmart a situation. I want you to experience it and embrace it. 
And if it gets that bad, we'll get through it together. It's important that you tell people that, though. I find that when you when you handhold, though I don't handhold as much as I used to anymore because, bitch, I'm tired. Right. (laughs) Oh, God. That, like, I, I hear that so much. I hear that right now. It is. It's. I have a rule. I have a token rule. If it's the same problem twice, I let it kind of slide. If we're in the same predicament the third time, that's a behavioral issue. That's not the circumstance anymore. Because you can change your circumstances a couple of times in life. But if you keep coming back to the same step one, it's it's something that you solely you have to work on. I can't help you. I can't. As much as we, and that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, I always tell my students, I'm like, hey, I don't want to make you feel like your circumstances are not important because trust me, they are very important. But let me help you get through this. And if it doesn't work, we'll find a different way. But do not end up in the situation I ended up in. Yeah. Well, that that's it, right? You, you're a force. You're a teacher of life. That's one of your callings. That's one of your callings. Even my dog agrees. <laughs> and that's what uh, my chart says, too. That's what? My natal chart. That's what it also says. It says teacher. And I said, I don't want to teach nobody. <laughs> Tired buddy, want someone to take care of me? <laughs> me ain't got no picnic, me ain't got no data, but I also don't want to have a daughter to put her through that. It will happen if it has to happen. That's my token rule. Token yeah. rule. It will happen if it has to happen, or if not, maybe you'll meet like just like a spiritual daughter along the well, way. That's what I always thought would happen. Like I'm like I, I cannot bear the thought of having a child, and be, it's partly because of having a mom who did not want to have children. And she's like, I felt so much body dysmorphia and so much self hate after having a kid that I don't want you to go through that. So mm-hmm. I, I like, and she was very honest about like the whole birthing experience and, you know, very much turned me off. But um, I always thought that like having a child, having, it's not the same as having a companion, but there's something lovely about that, that mother daughter relationship we were talking about earlier. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I would, I would, or even like mother, son or mother, child, it doesn't matter. I really don't care. Like, just let me love you and let me be there for you. And like, you're mine and I'm yours. Like, mm-hmm. that would be so lovely. And then like, after losing my mom and like taking care of my dad, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, I know you'd benefit from having a child, like a, like a grandchild, not a child, a grandchild. I am the child. <laughs> I'm like, I could also be the grandchild. Give me some money. You're like, it will have, if it, if it happens, you have to call me. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I always like talk to my partner about that too. Cause I'm like, neither of us want to have kids. We both kind of had really hard lives. And um, ha- the idea of raising a kid and like dealing with our own stuff. It's like, it's, it's like a really impossible feat for us. We're like, we can't manage that. Um, but we're like the idea of like a child coming into our life organically. And we're like, okay, all three of us like each other. We want, we want to be a family okay like that is something that i think i'm okay with Mm. oh god hopefully i'm not manifesting this way no 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 not yet (laughs) we'll take it back not yet no we're not (laughs) we're not about this life (laughs) but then yeah like my mom again like i told you this earlier too like my mom had me in her 40s like she had me really late she lived a life and i'm like that's like if i was gonna have a kid i want to live a life too Mm. Mm. i totally think that having kids in in your late 30s early 40s. One of my cousins just had her second at 38. And she well lived, well lived. Like, you know, she's done it all. She's traveled and, you know, 
she's at that point that she can like hang out with her kids and not feel like she's like FOMO, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. And just like the knowledge that comes with that, that wisdom of living a life. I get that. I think this is why we vibe. Granted, who knows when if I when and if I'll ever have kids. But, you know, I if I were to picture it, I don't picture it till my late 30s, early 40s. I just don't. Yeah. I, and like, and, and I, I also like, I feel like this story, like, I, it's not that like, I haven't looked into adoption, because I'm, I am genuinely curious about how that system works. But the more I read up about it, the more I'm like, Oh, good idea. And like, maybe like that, which is why I'm like, just like a child kind of organically coming into your life would be like a circumstance I think would be better suited for me, like, rather than like full out like going to a different country and adopting because you hear all these like stories about transracial adoption and how it's mm -hmm. just how these kids feel when they're like adults and I'm like that's something I don't want to do to a child yeah I don't want to be that person that that breaks you right and I think like having a child I mean I'm not a parent by any means like you're gonna let them down some way or another mm -hmm. I think there's an inevitability about that but I just can't do that I can't do that. I can't bring myself to be that person. And I think that's reason enough to not be a parent. Period. I feel that. Like, I respect period. that at this point. I respect yeah, it. Yeah. Even the, the fire. I swear to you, every single time I'm taping the dog, the fire, it's just part of my life now. <laughs> did your candle just go out? Was, my candle did a while ago. Yeah, mine did too. Oh my I had three wicks and all three of them went out. I was like, oh. Really? Yes. Really? I think. Oh, I don't want to end the episode. I'm sad. I don't want to see you go. No, no, I don't think it's saying it's ending. I think it's saying, amen. <laughs> amen. What are you doing? What are you doing? I have to, okay. Let me give you the floor. Do you have any questions for me? I never let people ask me questions. <laughs> yes. I always like to ask people questions. I, this is a question I love asking people. And again, like if I, not again, I didn't even mention this at first. If I, I'm triggering anything. Let me know if I'm asking questions that goes too no, far. No, hit me. Hit me. Okay. What is one thing you would like to tell pre-pandemic? Ooh, pre-pandemic Hannah. I like that question. I would tell her that the idea of herself in her head is possible, but she's going to have to let go of her old life to get there. Ooh. And she did. And she did. She but did. she she did. I would have to tell her that. Like the person that the woman that she strives on becoming, she's there, but it's going to cause her a hell of a lot of pain and a lot of tears to get there. But she will. She will. She'll get there. That's what I would tell her and give her a big old hug and tell her she's going to gain at least 40 pounds and not to like. <laughs> I mean, everyone gained weight in the pandemic. That's okay. That's, you know, that's your body saying, I'm like, I got you. I got you. We'll be safe. Yeah, that's what I would tell her. I tell her that it's possible, like everything that that she thought about and dreamt about in her head and would say out loud but wasn't approved, that that can happen, that it's possible. Okay, so like if you saw, okay, let's say this you are Hannah from the past and like pre-pandemic Hannah and you saw yourself and you told yourself that, would you be like, nah, shut up. Liar. I would legit ask the bitch how. Oh, you'd be like, how'd you get here? Prove yeah. it. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Show me now. <laughs> How, what did you do? What were the steps? What were the actionable? Because I know myself. What were the actionable steps that you took? And can I stop myself from the past right now? Because <laughs> I'm about to go back right now. I'm about to go right. Yo, just bring me back. 
you know, just like from the inception of things, I'll do it. I'm do it all differently. Um, no, you can't live with regret, but I would, I would ask me, like, if I were to step in front of Hannah post pandemic, I'd be like, bitch, how, how are you still walking? How are you still laughing? How are you still doing all the things that you, that you want to do? How did you get back up again? I'm still not fully up. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm standing up like that, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like we're in the same, on the same <laughs> level there. We're like, where's this energy coming from? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I don't even, first of all, I feel like I'm a doubtful person. So if I saw myself and guess what, there's going to be a pandemic. I'd be like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, you dirty liar. But also telling yourself, like, you're going to go through a big change to be the person you want to be and the person you've always deserved being. But it's scary and it's painful. And I don't know how to explain to you how painful it is. Mm -hmm. But like, just know I'm here on the other side and I'm so, so proud of you. You did it because I'm here. Mm -hmm. You you damn well did it. You, she did it. I don't know how. You did it, you did it Hannah. You did it. <laughs> that, oh, that's another thing. She's going to have to ask for help. Oh yeah, there is. She's not good at that. She's not good at that. Now I'm like, <sighs> but back then, no. Me ask for help, never. It was a different culture back then too. It was like, grind, 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 grind. Do the thing now, girl boss. Why are you not doing the thing? You have as many hours as Beyonce and I like. Shut up. <laughs> Just everyone, shut up. Honestly, but Beyonce is a different species. I'm not a Beyonce fan. Are you aware of this? I'm not. But I remember the memes of like, you have the same amount of hours as Beyonce has in a day. And I'm like, okay, okay, I, I guess I can do this. Beyonce can do it. Look at her. Like, I, I know, but Beyonce like also has, is worth a billion dollars. And she has grown up in the music industry since she was in diapers. And her, she's traveled the world and she's, she's put in her receipts. Well, I think that was like part of the conversation that was missing from that meme. As 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 like inspiring as empowering as that was meant to be, we're also missing a lot of facts, like the fact that she has a team and people that she trusts and rely on. So maybe we should also have friends like Beyonce that Beyonce trusts. Like we should all have that. We should all have a team. Then go look for your team. I don't know if she trusts anyone, but Beyonce is an enigma. <laughs> she is. Uh, an enigma and uh, you can't see my face right now but i'm like looking off into space being like i want to know i have so many it's like for me it's like k-pop like i want to know the behind the scenes because i'm like i know it's not everything i think it is mm -hmm. but you look magnificent and you're doing the thing i'm telling you bro i'm telling you what, you have what is it what is it hmm. and is it the illuminati like everyone says it is? i don't know how she does it i would like to know i appreciate her hustle and everything that she's done but People like it, yes, Beyonce has twenty four hours in a day, but she also has like fifty people, <laughs> right? So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that's a part of the conversation that is it's like we don't like you could say you, you have the same hours as Beyonce in a day, but like Beyonce has help, powerful mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. I like I want powerful help too. You'll get it one day. I know. I would say I have a lot of help that I neglected to similarly to you to like go to and ask for help because again different culture two years ago that was like the grind 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 and it really it did take me the uh getting not flat on my face and then kicked in the face um my life to ask for help 
look for friends and be like, I'm not okay. And for them to be like, okay, we got you. Yeah, it takes a minute. Let's get everyone to give you space then because that's what you need, right? And then like having a friend, like I was saying, I had a couple of friends come over on Saturday and they were leaving and I felt energized and I hadn't felt that energized in a very, very, very long time. And I was like, that's what friends are supposed to do. That's the team. You can't tell me Beyonce doesn't have people like that on her team that make her feel energized. I mean, if she doesn't, well, Beyonce, let me energize. Honestly, she just... Please, we should all go to her and be like, just touch my forehead. Yes. <laughs> Me, please. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like it. Yeah, ask for help. It's okay. And ask you know, help. maybe the culture will change again and maybe I won't need as much help. And I think I still struggle asking for help. Like, my partner here right now, I don't ask them very much, but they do the work to help me anyway. So, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Having you have to. Like you got to ask for help. Yeah. Having people like that, that get it and don't make you feel weird about it or don't make it feel conditional. That's, um, that's white and gold, honestly. I think this combo is go gold, but I have to love you and leave you. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I, I, I'm sure you can hear that my house is starting to pick up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we could talk forever. Maybe I do need a co-host. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Let's meet up at what time? Whatever time work for you, you go work for me. Yeah, this yeah, it don't matter. It don't matter. Don't matter. <laughs> I love this combo. This was so great. Thank you so much for passing by. Do, do you want to drop your IG handle? Like, where can people follow you? Where's the Dance Academy? Or you just want to be like a special guest with no handles? That works too. That is the question. Question. Hmm. Okay. If you want to follow my dance company, it's the oldest. Uh, Indo-Caribbean dance company in Canada, founded in 1989. Thought something really cool to know what happened in your back pocket. Um, you can follow uh, my dance company at Geetika underscore dance. That's G-E-E-T-I-K-A underscore dance. And if you would like a psychic reading from yours truly, then you can follow me at Powerpuff Prime on Instagram. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for passing by. Come back anytime. Literally, anytime you want to talk anything, tell me and we'll hop on the mic and we'll do a one-two thing. Okay. Well, thank and you for having me on. As I was telling you earlier, like I really, I really appreciate it. I took it. I felt that in my spirit. Honestly, I felt that in my spirit when I really needed that pick-me-up. So thank you so much. You're welcome. As always, this is your favorite podcast host coming at you from Toronto. Advice from Hannah, wishing you the best freaking day ever. Toodles! Bye.